0: hi hello welcome to podcast from the unknown
1: unknown oh i can't believe i did it
0: oh no <laughs> she's all i'm never gonna do that again it's and... such
1: habit to just
0: do it right 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 so um we last week we said we were gonna do folklore and like that one that. Subject is a little tricky because I get lost between the difference of folklore and urban legend. Yes, I do too. I get confused. So we either did folklore or accidentally did urban legends. Either way, they're just old stories passed S- yes. down from generations. No one knows for sure if they're true.
1: I think folklore is like... um it can be interpreted differently based off of, like, different, different cultures. cultures. Yeah. Whereas, like, an urban legend is something that is, like, just a story that kind of pretty much stays the same.
0: Yeah. I could be wrong. No, I think, well, and um, when you think of urban legends, you more so think of, like, the, like, um, commercialized ones, like the Hookman and Bloody mm-hmm. Mary and stuff like that that's been in like movies yeah. and tv shows and but like i i guess i just get lost between the difference sometimes so yeah. i guess i apologize if i've picked something that's more an urban legend than it is a than it is folklore
1: someone should um like in the comments let
0: us know let us know the difference oh like just know. brushed up against my leg and i got i was like what is touching me <laughs>
1: also super nervous kudos to you guys if you made it through the last episode with the dishwasher beeping. Um, yeah,
0: uh, that
1: won't sorry. be happening again. <laughs> sorry.
0: Okay, so a little a little life update though. We both so Jules is fully vaccinated now. Um, on Thursday, we went and got those done. And I got my first at the same time she got her second. Yes. And I was completely fine. My arm wasn't even sore or anything like that. Um, I didn't... Like, I had... When we got home, I would say, like, a few hours later. Because we got them around, like, 1 p.m. Mm -hmm. on Thursday. And I would say by, like, 6 or 7, I had a headache. But I had also had a dull headache all day anyway. Yeah. Like, when I woke up, I kind of had it. So, I don't really blame that on the back the vaccine um but i was completely fine but you kind of obviously you got your second shot which is a little bit different
1: yes so i um try to be like as transparent as possible even though i want people to like get the vaccine yeah um but i did not feel good at all um probably like exactly 12 hours later After my shot, like, around, like, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, I started to not feel good. Um, And it just kind of got worse as the night went on. And then Friday, I felt horrible. And I just pretty much slept, like, all day. I kind of had body aches. Um, I had a headache. I was extremely tired.
0: Yeah. And that was really it. I mean, it yeah. wasn't anything extreme and it wasn't anything that like you hadn't heard other people yes. experience. Yeah. Um,
1: I took um, ibuprofen a couple times. Yeah. I drank a lot of water and I just slept a lot. And yeah, that's like truly the best thing that you can do. Cause I feel okay now. I mean, I'm still a little tired from mm-hmm. it, which is pretty normal for the first like week after, but Oh, and my armpit was swollen.
0: Yeah. The lymph nodes, my lymph nodes and my armpits were swollen too. Yeah. Which if you've never had that happen before, it's... It's weird. It's fucking weird. And You're you put, like, what is wrong? This yeah. is something is not right.
1: <laughs> when you put deodorant on, it
0: hurts. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like little golf balls. It does. It really does. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's manageable and definitely better than getting COVID. So yeah. Oh, for sure. I would definitely get it again if I had to. Yeah. Um. So yeah, little life update. Um, do you should we just go ahead and get into it, or you want to chit chat a little bit? Yeah, before? we
1: can uh, go ahead and get into it.
0: Um, so we decided that you're going to go first because yeah. I went first last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Um. So I did the banshee. Yes.
0: Ban. Okay. Again. I am like, is this an urban legend? It is, is this folklore? It's folklore. It is folklore. It is okay. folklore. Because you, when you see them in like movies and stuff, you they kind of are presented as if like they were an urban legend.
1: I see this is where my opinions of folklore and urban legend came in to play yeah. because um, it started. So I'll, I kind of go into it a little bit, but it um, is Irish and it, is an Irish and Scottish folklore. Gotcha. But when it translated into English, I think is when it became like an urban legend because then we started putting it in certain things. And Mm -hmm. um, some of
0: these stories get, get passed down and word of mouth can change them. And like you said, could be different in different cultures. mm -hmm. Um, And, and so that's where I always get confused. Yeah. Um, But either way, it doesn't matter. I want to hear about it because yeah. Banshees are fucking cool.
1: So, um, Yes. So they are, like I said, a part of the Irish and Scottish folklore. They hold the same mythical status in Ireland as fairies and leprechauns. Gotcha. Um, The modern understanding of a banshee is a grotesque, angry female spirit that will fly through the air at night screaming. But in Ireland and Scotland, a banshee is an omen of death and the messenger from the afterlife who would show up under the windows of the person who is about to pass away and start shrieking. Wow. Yeah. Um, The term banshee is an Irish in irish is beans beansy beansy okay two words yeah bean and then si okay C. i'm assuming that's right yeah um which translate to fairy woman um the most common description of a banshee is okay this is a quote from fuck oh new world encyclopedia okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um So, the most common description of a Banshee is being, quote, a shriveled hag with long, unkept white hair wearing a funeral robe. Unquote. Which I think is, like, the most common. That's, like, what I picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, that wasn't the end of the quote. I'm sorry. Um, She can appear as a washerwoman washing the blood-stained clothes or armor of a person about to die
0: poor girl is doing chores. I know. <laughs> she's got a lot a lot on her plate. She, she, no wonder she's screaming. Right? She's like fuck my life. Um
1: she has also been seen as a young beautiful woman. So people have seen it both ways.
0: Yeah. I- okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Because then isn't there another oh, sirens. Sirens that I get kind of confused with banshees because sirens are like Pretty like mermaid, like I don't know what a women sign is. that like um, lure men at sea to their oh, deaths type situation. Yay, yeah. So then I get confused between um, I get confused between those two. So
1: I think um, instead of like luring people to their deaths, a it's banshee is signify. a warning. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um. She has always been seen as having long hair and always is seen wearing a long flowing robe. Um, her most distinctive feature is her cry, which has either been heard as a low moan or a loud shriek, but it usually saddens those who hear it.
0: Hmm.
1: Which is kind of sad.
0: They get a little in their feels. Yeah, they get
1: in their feels. Well, because you know it's
0: about to happen. Well, you know somebody is going to die. And you're, but I also would be like, cool, it's going to be me. My anxiety would mm-hmm. be like, it's you. She's talking about you. <laughs> She's coming to get good you luck rats.
1: So. Um, the banshee first appeared in Gaelic, 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 yeah. Gaelic legends. It was said that several banshees appeared when someone great or holy was going to die. So you wouldn't just oh. have one. You'd have it like wouldn't a be shit just done. any.
0: It just wouldn't be just any Joe schmo. She was talking about. Yeah.
1: So if if you saw or heard more than one banshee, someone of power was going to pass away. Gotcha. Um, when a citizen of an Irish village would pass away, a woman would come and sing a l- laminate at their funeral. Uh, this is another quote. Quote, music in those times were often connected to the spirits and fairies that were believed to inhabit the woods. So, they so, um, people heavily believe that these banshees aren't, are, like, they're fairies, basically. Okay. That they're the same thing.
0: Gotcha, Okay.
1: Um, on occasion, a fairy woman would start to sing before a family was informed of the death of a loved one who was far away, which in turn, the singing became the first the families would hear about someone passing. So let's say like, you know, you are at your house and you hear a banshee singing. No one there has passed away, but someone who's like far uh, overseas or whatever, it's a warning to you that they're about to die. Okay. Um Oh God, okay, I'm gonna fuck up these names. What? Um according another quote, according to legend, the six noteworthy families of Ireland, the O'Neills, O'Donnells, O'Connors, O'Leary's, O'Toole's, and O'Connas? O- <laughs> O'Connors. They're all O's. I know. <laughs> um each had a woman spirit who acted as a harbinger of death, having foresight. She would appear before the death, before the death, weeping. It was believed that the banshee sang such a sad song because she was a friend of the family. Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, so I guess for me, like, I didn't realize that banshees were so like um heavily surrounding death.
0: Yeah. Like
1: I, I always just thought that they were like some type of spirit.
0: I kind of. Same. Um, Same. I thought it was like a spirit of a woman that had been like wronged or uh, murdered or Mm -hmm. something like that. And she was just like pissed. Yeah. and was like letting people know. Yeah. that Hey, I'm fucking pissed. Like
1: I. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I pictured it. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if maybe like it was represented like that in some kind of like movie or show we maybe watched growing up or why we both think that. I don't know if it's um, so, yeah, that uh, or, or and if we're just uneducated. Well, probably a little bit of a little both. A bit of both, probably.
1: Um, so that's part of the thing is that when um, the Banshee was translated into English, there became a difference between a Banshee and a fairy, which does not exist in the Irish or Scottish Gaelic forms. Okay. Gaelic? Gaelic. Gaelic. Why do I question what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, so that – when it was translated, that's when obviously, like – See, yeah, It's like a game of telephone.
0: Yeah. And that's like what I was saying earlier, like word of mouth and, mm-hmm. and like you said, different cultures really can kind of like twist and turn the story into like, to tweak it to fit their mm-hmm. narrative or to make it whatever, more creepy or whatever story they're telling. Yeah.
1: Um, so Banshees aren't really seen outside of folklore. Um, one hasn't been spotted in many 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 years which is why it's a part of folklore it's right. not like bigfoot or yeah like a cryptid that's been seen or that shit still happening yes. like to this day um banshees are often talked about in the forms of poems limericks nursery rhymes and superstitions but they've also been incorporated now into movies and video games right which i think is why maybe you and i have this understanding that they're um these, like, evil spirits, or the, mm-hmm. they're bad, which, I mean, they don't represent... Banshees, in, in and of themselves, don't represent
0: it's anything like they're good. doing the killing right. themselves.
1: But, you know, we have turned them into these, like, horror... Horror, yeah. Things. Like, yeah. you know, you see them in these, like, scary video games, and and then that's the impression that you get of them, because yeah. you, you don't... You may not understand that you're seeing a Banshee. You might just think that you're seeing some long white haired woman old woman Mm -hmm,
0: yeah who's creepy yeah in a video game yeah but that's not what it represents right and yeah and it it just goes back to um them twisting it to fit whatever story they're trying to tell yes you know what's going to get the maximum scare yeah out of out of the story and and then it gets and that's why i like to to do the research and to talk about these things because it kind of can take it back to its roots and, yeah. and explain where it started from, and what they originally, in real life, actually like represented, which was she was coming to be like somebody's going to die. Yeah, so
1: it- and and these these families. Um didn't see a banshee as being a bad thing. They saw her as being a friend of,
0: I mean, literally a friend of the family. Yeah. Like, who's there to like, you know, so-and-so passed away and, or,
1: or someone is about to die in your family and you need to prepare yourself for that. Right. Um, there is a kid's book. Oh, there, there is there a kids is. Book called Hush Now Banshee and Not So Quiet Counting Book and you can buy it on Amazon for twelve bucks. That's pretty awesome
0: actually. Yeah. And and so random that they would choose the Banshee to make a children's book well i found that out because
1: i wanted to see if i could find one of these nursery rhymes that surround that has to do with a banshee yeah and i couldn't actually find one but i did find that book which i mean
0: Mm -hmm. we're incorporating banshees into children that's really funny but really awesome and i want to get that for my child Um, that's super cool and and the thing about banshees is like I feel like it's not one of those stories that's so crazy that it's unbelievable. Like, some of these folklores, you're like, eh, don't, yeah. that seems a little crazy. I don't really... But I kind of believe it. Oh, I Kind do of you. like Mothman. Like, she just kind of shows up to be like, hey, guys, some shit's about to go down. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to prepare you. Don't shoot the messenger. And then she's yeah. out. You know? Like... Yes. I believe it. I believe it.
1: I am... Um... Because this one wasn't very long. Um, I know that you remember I took a folklore class. Yeah. and in college. Um, yeah. yeah, and one of my um my final project in that class was over Crybaby Bridge.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Okay. Tell us about Crybaby Bridge so, because it's a in Ohio.
1: In Ohio? In Ohio right? Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I literally did not do research on it. Like so this is just based off of what I remember from it. Yeah. I mean I did research at the time, but not recently. So I don't I could not tell you exactly where in Ohio. Um but basically the the idea of Crybaby Bridge is that there's a couple different things. So um people say that a woman um threw her baby over the bridge. Yeah, I did um, know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think because you told she me that. Yeah, because yeah. she was like shamed for having a kid. Yeah. Um another one is that I think it was that a couple had lost their baby on the bridge. Um like the woman miscarried. And the other one I want to say was that a baby drowned there. So, either way, in all three stories, a baby has passed away on the bridge. In some way, shape, or form, either on the bridge or was thrown into the water.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Now, the story is that if you cross this bridge at night, you can actually hear a baby crying. And um, so... I think that part always kind of like freaked me out about it. And when I took this class in, in college, I think that that's kind of one of the things that stuck out, stood out to me was because it's like haunted. It's like a haunted bridge, but yeah. it turned into folklore because no one can prove what happened. You just have all these stories of, and it's the same th- three or four consistent stories of what happened, but everything is the same. You go across this bridge
0: at a certain time of night, you can hear a baby
1: crying. Yeah, that's so creepy.
0: Yeah. And I love that it's in Ohio. I know. Because we could add it to the list of spooky travels.
1: I don't think you can actually go across the bridge anymore. I think they closed it
0: down. I don't think it's safe. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's probably pretty old. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Very creepy. Yeah. And I want to say, isn't there a movie I'm going to look it up right now. A little live research. I swear there's a movie um, that Nickelodeon did about Cry Baby Bridge or something like that. And it ended up getting banned because it was like actually scary. It was like scary children. Let me look it up. I could be making stuff up, which if I am, I apologize. Yeah. Um, Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So... I'm looking this up. This is an article from mentalfloss.com. So let's see if it's true or not. The Legend of Crybaby Lane, the lost Nickelodeon movie that was too scary for TV. Several years ago, rumors about a lost Nickelodeon movie branded too disturbing for children's television began popping up around the internet. They all referenced the same plot. A father of conjoined twins was so ashamed of his sons that he hid them away throughout their childhood. After one twin got sick, the other soon followed, with both boys eventually succumbing to the illness. To keep the town from discovering his secret, the father separated their bodies with a rusty saw and buried the good one at the local cemetery and the evil one at the de- end of a desolate dirt road called Cry Baby Lane, which also happened to be the title of the rumored film. According to the local undertaker, anyone who ventured down Cry Baby Lane after dark could hear the evil brother crying from beyond the grave. Crybaby Lane then jumps to present day, well, present day in 2000, where a group of teens sneak into the local graveyard in an effort to contact the spirit of the good twin. After holding a seance, they learn that the boy's father had made a mistake and mixed up the bodies of his children, burying the good son at the end of Crybaby Cry Baby Lane and the evil one in the cemetery, meaning those ghostly whales were actually the good twin crying out for help. The teens realized the error too late. The evil twin had already been summoned and quickly began possessing the local townspeople.
1: What the fuck? This is supposed to be Nickelodeon? This
0: was a movie that premiered on a Saturday night before Halloween in the year 2000 on Nickelodeon.
1: Oh my God. I wish I could have seen it.
0: And I, um, Somebody said, okay, it says, okay, this so this story sounds completely fake. Nick would never air this on TV. Um, and why would this be made knowing it's for kids? This story just sounds too fake. While the folklore surrounding the film may not be 100% factual, Nickelodeon quickly confirmed that the lost Halloween movie was very real and that it did indeed contain all the rumored, twisted elements that have made it into a legend. Before Crybaby Lane was a blip in Nick's primetime prime time schedule it was nearly a 100 million theatrical release uh peter lauer who had previously directed episodes of the nick shows the secret world of alex Mack* and the adventures of pete and pete co-wrote the screenplay with kablam co-creator robert Mittenhall. Cry crybaby lane which would eventually spawn urban legends of its own was inspired by by a local ghost story lauer heard growing up in ohio Yeah. Um, He said there was a haunted farmhouse. And if you went up there at midnight, you could hear a baby crying and it'd make your high school girlfriend scared was what he Mm -hmm. heard. And see, and that's what I love about, that's what I love about Crybaby Lane. Cause I swear past us has had this exact same conversation where you've told me about Crybaby Lane and then I, or Crybaby Bridge. And then I brought up this movie Mm -hmm. Um, is that everybody's story about it is different. Yeah. But in Ohio, like, you know about it. Like yeah. it's something that you've at least heard about. I feel like at one point in your life, but I need slash really want to see cry lane. Hold on. Let me, if I could get through this article before I get too excited and start talking about something else, it says, um, I see a YouTube video. Okay, so despite Nickelodeon's well-meaning intentions, parent company Paramount wasn't keen on the idea of turning the screenplay into a feature film. The script was forgotten about for a year until Nick got in touch with Lauer about producing Crybaby Lane. Only this time as a $800,000 made for tv movie. Uh, Even with the meager budget, Crybaby Lane maintained many of the same elements of a much larger picture. In a bid to generate more publicity around the project, Nickelodeon cast Oscar nominee Frank Langella, Langella as the local undertaker. All the biggest set pieces from the screenplay were kept intact, and as a result, the crew had no money left to do any extra filming. Only two scenes from the movie ended up getting cut, one that alluded to skinny dipping, and another that depicted an old man's head fused onto the body of a baby in a cemetery.
1: Oh, my God.
0: The story of a father performing amateur surgery on the corpses of his sons, however, did make it into the film. Um, so, yeah. And there's like a YouTube video that we can watch after we're done mm-hmm. recording. And then if it's anything good, we'll put it in the description. Well, we can link this um, and then
1: people can watch it either that's way. That's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: But then th- there's something that says cry. It says cry baby lane, full movie, high quality. YouTube. So, oh <laughs> so that, we might be watching that tonight. Yeah. So anyway, um, very cool. Both yeah. of your topic, both of those are very, very cool. And, um, if we find out where crybaby bridge is in Ohio,
1: which I can go,
0: we should go. Cause that could be like a, a quick trip. And if we are feeling up to it, we could record it and, uh, put it on our YouTube channel. We keep talking about creating,
1: Doylestown.
0: Doylestown. Where's Doylestown?
1: Apparently, though it's okay. It's located on Gale House Road between Rogue Hollow Road and Hometown
0: Road. Okay. And and what, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Doylesville.
1: Doylestown.
0: Or Doylestown.
1: But I think that there is more than one Cry Baby Bridge. There's like other states have their version of Cry Baby yeah, Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. This is just Ohio's version. Mm-hmm. And this is the one I did my okay. uh, project on. Well, we're probably going to go this summer.
0: Yeah. A little hot girl summer shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So um, is there anything else you want to add on no, uh, Banshees I, or Crybaby Bridge? No. I feel like, folk. unfortunately, folklore is not, not as long to tell. Yeah.
1: as like some of these other stories. Yeah. I agree.
0: So, okay. So I kind of, I definitely took a way different turn for mine. Okay. Um, I chose to do Skinwalkers. Ooh. Um, which it, it is also folklore because it's rooted in Navajo con- culture um, and it's uh, it's old. I mean, it's an, yeah. old, it's an old story.
1: Maybe that's what different, dif- differentiates... Is age? Is age. That could be, yeah. Like maybe folklore's been around a lot longer. God, I wish I could remember what that class taught me and I just can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how you learn things in school and then... They go out of your brain just as like, soon as you yeah. learn them, um, and I feel like a lot of times with stuff like that, I don't appreciate. I like don't appreciate it at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when we learned like Greek mythology in high school? Yes. Like, I unfortunately was like, "Fuck this!" Like, I don't give mm-hmm. a shit. But now I'm like, "Ooh." And I we
1: were talking to my mom about that the other yeah. day. Like, I wish that I could go back and appreciate these things. As I am yeah. now, yeah. because like doing a podcast, taking a folklore class would be incredible. Audible.
0: Yeah, that would be ideal. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, I did skin, I did skinwalkers. There is quite a bit to tell with skinwalkers because okay. it's, it's still a thing right yeah. now, like to this day. So in the Navajo culture, a skinwalker is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into possess or disguise themselves as an animal. This witch is called, and I'm going to mess it up, and I just, I looked it up on Google right before, and I already kind of forget, but it's ye, not all, the I oh, think was what Yeah. It? I don't, I'm not sure, but that's what they're called by the Navajo. Okay. Which translates to, with it, he goes on all fours. It is just one of several types of Navajo witches and is considered the most dangerous. For the Navajo people, witchcraft is just another part of their spirituality and one of the ways of their lives. So it's a normal thing for them. As such, witchcraft has been long part, has long been a part of their culture, history, and traditions. Witches exist alongside humans that are not considered to be supernaturals. Okay. They're just people. Yeah. The Navajo believe there are places where the powers of both good and evil are present and that those powers can be harnessed for either either good or bad. Okay. Medicine men utilize these powers to heal and aid members of their communities. While those who practice Navajo witchcraft seek to direct the spiritual forces to cause harm or misfortune to others. So I guess the medicine men are like the good spiritual people. And, um, the, then you have the witches that practice witchcraft that are not good. Okay. Um, this type of Navajo witchcraft is known as the witchery way, which uses human corpses in various ways, such as tools from the bones and concoctions that are used to cause harm, um, curse, or kill their intended That's victims. Not good. Yeah.
1: So it's like a voodoo doll in a sense, kind of. They're, it's
0: like their, their version, version, I guess. Yeah. The Navajo are part of a larger culture area that also includes the Pueblo people, the Apache, Hopi, and the Ute ute or ute oot oot and other groups that also have their own versions of the skinwalker um so this the ones that i'm going to tell you are the, are mainly the navajo's version of the skinwalkers okay um each includes a malevolent witch capable of transforming itself into an animal so that is present in all of those cultures
1: okay now am i thinking of something different but if you see your skinwalk like if you see maybe it um
0: I think, for some reason, you, when I told you what I was going to do, you brought up doppelgangers. Yes. And I think you're getting the two confused.
1: I, for some reason, thought skinwalkers were similar to doppelgangers. Not the same as doppelgangers, yeah. but similar to it, where they could um, like transform to look like you. But it means
0: bad things are coming if you see it. Right. So, I'll get into it. They don't quite do that, but okay. they do do something a little similar. Did I
1: learn this from Ghost Adventures? Potentially,
0: yeah. Which I will also get Maybe into thinking later. The,
1: you know how you... Oh, it doesn't matter. We'll talk about it later. Okay.
0: <laughs> so sometimes these witches have evolved from living their lives as respected healers or spiritual guides who later chose to use their powers for evil. Though they can be either male or female, they are more often male. They walk freely among the tribe during the day and then secretly transform under the cover of night. Oh, God. In order to become a skinwalker, he or she must be initiated by a secret society that requires the evilest of deeds, the killing of a close family member, most often a sibling. After this task has been completed, this individual then acquires supernatural powers, which gives them the ability to shapeshift into animals.
1: Imagine if it didn't work.
0: Right? Then you'd be like, fuck, I killed my brother. I killed my brother or sister, and it didn't work. Oh, boy. Most often they are seen in the form of coyotes, wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, and bears, but can take the shape of any animal. Those are just the ones that have been spotted the most. They, they then wear the skins of the animals that they transform into, hence the name Skinwalker, and sometimes they also wear animal skulls or antlers atop their heads, which is said to bring them even more power.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I, I think I've it, seen pictures of this yes, yeah.
0: before. Okay. Which I think the picture I'm thinking about using for... Um, like, social media depicts – it's, like, a drawing of that, of them okay. wearing the skins and the, and the skull. I wonder if
1: this – and this might sound just absolutely fucking bonkers, but I'm going to say it anyway at the risk yeah. of sounding stupid. I'm wondering if skinwalkers is where, um like – Movie and TV show writers get the idea for like werewolves, how they are human during the day and then they transform at night. But when they come back, they're still wearing like mm-hmm. the wolf fur or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think it reminds me of the Goosebumps episode, werewolf skins. I think that's
1: what I'm thinking. Have of. you seen that episode? <laughs> yes,
0: and it's like the guy, the kids' aunt and uncle are werewolves, yes. but they have to have their skins. I think that's maybe what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. These are things we grew up with as yeah. children. Again, we're <laughs> here, we're over here talking about Nickelodeon and, and them being like, "Wow," us being like, "Wow." Crybaby Lane sounds like a fucked up movie for Nickelodeon, and then they're airing Goosebumps like, "Oh, that's true." Later that's that day, true. and yeah. are you afraid of the dark? Oh my god, yeah. Which has one of the greatest the okay, are you afraid of the dark? Is one of the greatest shows. Oh ever. my god, and the Ghastly Grinner, yeah, He is fucking terrifying.
1: There's a lot of are you afraid of the darks and goosebumps episodes yeah that i remember very very vividly you. that traumatized me like um the mask one um, the, haunted mask. the
0: haunted mask yeah that, i oh remember
1: my, my brother had yeah. it on a tape mm-hmm. uh cassette tape and i wish i could find those because you would so appreciate them now that you're getting back into cassettes do
0: you does your family still have them does James still have them or I don't your know. mom I'll have, have them ask. somewhere? But it's i uh, I'd love to have those. Read alouds. It's yeah. like um, they take it from the Essent- show and they. Essentially audiobooks. for yes. the, In the 90s, basically.
1: But with like side of sound effects and like, you know, it sounds like you're listening to a
0: show. That's fantastic.
1: And that was one of the ones that
0: always, always scared me. Yeah, that episode, so, okay, so that, is that your one of your favorite, let's, oh, 100%. let's tell our favorite episodes of each Okay, I really show.
1: love um, that episode of Goosebumps. The Haunted Mask. The Haunted Mask, but I also really like the one, and I can't remember what it's called, where the um, dad is a plant in the basement. Oh, yeah, don't,
0: uh, stay out of the basement. Stay out of the basement.
1: Um, Classic. Oh, my God, there are so many that I like, because I also like Sage, Cheese, and Die. Yeah. Little um, Ryan
0: Gosling is in that one, right? Yes, I believe so. I get that mixed up with. um Are you afraid of the dark? Has their version of like say cheese and die? Yes, that's and the I, one I, with I can't the clown, remember. Right? No, but I can't remember which one Ryan Gosling is in. Not that it matters, but he's in one of them. I think it's say cheese and die. Yeah, I think it's I the don't Canadian. know. You're better with that than I am. I can't remember for some reason right now.
1: Um. So those are my favorite goosebumps. What, what about I... Are You Afraid of the Dark? God. Um. Isn't there one where it's like Halloween and they this family just moved and they kind of live in like the woods or something um maybe it's werewolves, maybe it's werewolves that come to their
0: house at night or something. It's like their house is in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And they are you thinking of uh, Fever Swamp, which is a Goosebumps episode. Maybe so. They move in and he finds <laughs> yes. that really cute dog. And yeah,
1: that's what it is. Fuck, okay, I that's, don't know, that's but I can't think. Of, I can't think of any. Are you for the Dark episode? It is easy to get them mixed up. Wait, the mascot one is that?
0: Are you for the Dark? That's Carl ha- Stine's Haunting Hour. I don't know. <laughs> which then. is oh my god,
1: terrifying. Clearly. I need to go back and rewatch "Are You Afraid of the Dark" because yeah.
0: I can't currently think of any episodes. So I got really into the Haunting Hour because it's like, um, like newer, like goosebumps, even though it's not mm-hmm. called goosebumps. They're based off of his R.L. Stein's books, "The Haunting Hour." Yes, and there are so many episodes of that that are like terrifying. It's it's 2010s. Okay. Um, it was like I don't remember, but it was like I got super into them when they were like still new, and I think they were on Netflix was how I watched them. But they're I don't think they're on there anymore, oh, which I'm like Netflix big, gets rid of big, all the good big stuff. Big mistake. Um, but that there are like three episodes of that that are like super terrifying. There's the one where with the mascot where he mm-hmm. lives in the school, yes, and like nobody's ever seen him out of the suit. And oh my god, like, it's so fucking he creepy. like eats that kid, like he like absorbs yes. that kid through his belly. Oh my god. So that was really creepy. And then there's the one where the kid is obsessed with finding this ice cream truck. I don't I and remember he that keeps, one. Like hearing the ice cream truck music in the middle of the night, and he'll go out and the, and he'll like get an ice cream cone. It's called like creamy cold or something. It's like the best ice cream he's ever had. But like no one believes him that it's real. And then like come to find out a kid that it went missing like way 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 back in the day is trapped on this ice cream truck. And basically this new kid has to like switch places with him.
1: Oh my God. So then,
0: yeah, it's, it's really creepy. Um, and this is like stuff geared towards kids. Like keep that in mind. Yeah. Let's be real though. Which is like, but the premise of it is like terrifying.
1: RL Stein is one of He's those. girls Who's like a very creepy. Yeah.
0: Author. He is and Stephen he, King for kids. That's what I was about to for, say. For like yeah, younger people. But, um, I as an adult still very much so oh appreciate my God, all yeah. of his stuff. So, so those are like my favorite haunting hour episodes. And then for goosebumps, I have a few. Okay, but my all-time favorite would be Welcome to Dead House.
1: Oh, that one's so
0: good. Yeah, where they move to the house, and then the whole town is dead, and they're like not like zombies, but they're just like the they're mm-hmm. just like the living dead, basically. And then I also love Horrorland. Horrorland is fantastic. Yeah, that one's really great. They go to that amusement park yes. and they are like those monsters that want to like eat them or whatever. And they go on
1: that game show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: then this one is my favorite episode because well, one of my favorite episodes because it's my favorite book, uh, the Night of the Jack Lanterns.
1: Oh, <gasps> that one is so good. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Fuck
0: yes. the cover art of that one when I was little just like mesmerized me. I was like, it is so good. This is amazing. And then f- as far as Are You Afraid of the Dark goes, I love the one that I really like. I have two. I like the Grass Ghastly Grinner one, not really for the episode, but more so just for him. He's mm-hmm. like fucking terrifying. Um, but I love the one that's called like The Tale of laugh- Laughter in the Dark or Laughing in the Dark. And it's like that mom and her two kids move into this new house. And there's like that creepy door in the basement and i don't remember the kid goes down and he's like doing laundry or something and the door he starts playing music and when you play music like the door <gasps> yes! opens oh
1: my god yes and sorry then, i just felt like and
0: really like really creepy shit comes out of the door and then it, he ends up like the feeding it feeding the neighborhood bully yes. to, to whatever is in the door i remember that and then it gives him a new bike in return it's so creepy
1: is the one where the, this is like really off track but it's fine is the one, um, you know, the one where the mom works at a museum and she brings that mummy home. Yeah. Is that, are you for the darker goosebumps?
0: Um, so the mummy one on goosebumps, which is also, which Jason from mean girls is the boy that's in that episode randomly my brain is a brother and sister shit yeah and it's like a brother and sister and they go to visit their uncle or something who works in a museum and the mummy comes back that's the goosebumps episode
1: no i'm thinking of the one where the mummy is in the basement and he the mummy is there temporarily until it can get
0: yeah so i think that that one is are you afraid of the dark? i like that episode i think because yeah, I think it is. And I, I can picture it. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: We need to just watch Are You Afraid of the Dark?
0: Mm-hmm. It I just, have all the seasons. I on, know you do. You bought them for me, like, what, four years ago for my birthday? I, I did. Think? I
1: did a whole 90s theme for yeah. you. And I got you that and the Space Jam water bottle and
0: mm-hmm. a bunch of Michael, other random Michael stuff. secret stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm. for those who don't know or can't tell, I'm super, super obsessed and stuck in the 80s and the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, poor Jules. I just feel really bad. I mean, I'm like stuck in the 40s, so. That's true. We basically just hate the time that we live in. And I love the 90s, too. Yeah. The The 40s and the 90s are my thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're both all, yeah, all amazing. I just can't stand the 2000s or the 2010s. Like, what the fuck were we thinking? No. Which it's weird because, like, people nowadays, like my little nieces and nephews, like, I feel like they love the 2000s. Yeah, that's They feel about weird. the 2000s like we feel about like the 80s and 90s.
1: I guess it's just weird to me because I can't
0: relate. I can't relate either. I lived during it and it was awful. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, way off track. Back to Skinwalkers. Um, I don't really know how we got. I don't we'll I We have to go know. back and listen as to how we got so off Kudos track.
1: Kudos to whoever made it through that last 10
0: minutes of uh, yeah. Goosebumps talk. Okay, so anyway. Um, oh boy, where was I? Oh God. <laughs> Okay, so they can wear the skins of the animals that they transform into, hence the name Skinwalkers. Sometimes they wear their skulls and antlers atop their heads, which is said to bring them more power. They choose what animal they want to turn into depending on the abilities that they need for the task that they're trying to complete. That's how we got on the topic of goosebumps. (laughs) Such as speed, strength, endurance, stealth, claws and teeth, etc. They may transform again if trying to escape from pursuers. I guess those are the only times that they can like... Do it on the spot, maybe. Okay. Um, The skinwalkers are also able to take possession of the bodies of human victims if a person locks eyes with them. After taking control, the witch can make its victims do and say things that they wouldn't otherwise do or say. Okay. So maybe that's kind of what you were thinking about. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Uh, Like, there's The the.
1: Yes, but they're not. I don't think they're. They were called doppelgangers. Mm hmm. I don't remember. I really don't. We'll look it up after. Yeah.
0: After we're done. Okay. So once they were shape shifted, one way that others could tell that they're not a real animal is that their eyes are very different than those of an animal's eyes. Instead, their eyes are still very human. And when the lights are shined on them, they turn bright red. Alternatively, when they are in human form, their eyes look more like an animal's eyes. Okay. So that's a way to tell, I guess, if somebody is a skinwalker. If you come across a dog or a coyote in the desert and you're like, wait a minute, is this a real coyote? Flash a light in its eyes, I guess. I'm going
1: to flash a light in your eyes in
0: a little bit. Okay. Looking (laughs) looking forward to that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The evil society of the witches gather in dark caves or secluded places, which remember in the ghost adventures episode, they go to Skinwalker Canyon and they go in a cave. Yes, I do remember that. Super fucking freaked out. They do so for several purposes, to initiate new members, plot their activities, harm people from a distance with black magic, and perform dark ceremonial rites. These ceremonies are similar to other tribal affairs, including dancing, feasts, rituals, and sand painting, but were corrupted with dark connotations. The evildoers are also said to engage in necrophilia with female corpses, commit cannibalism, incest, and grave robberies. Oh, God. During these gatherings, the skinwalkers shapeshift into their animal forms or go about naked, wearing only beaded jewelry and ceremonial paint. The leader of the skinwalkers is usually an old man who is a very powerful and long-lived skinwalker. Skinwalkers also have other powers, including reading other people's minds, causing disease and illness, and destroying property and even death. Those who have talked of their encounters with these evil beings describe a number of ways to know if a skinwalker is near. They make sounds around homes, such as knocking on windows, banging on walls, and scraping noises on the roof. On some occasions, they have been seen peering through windows. More often, they appear in front of vehicles in hopes of causing a serious accident. So those are ways to know if you're in the presence of a skinwalker.
1: Cool, 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 cool.
0: It is said that in addition to being able to shapeshift, the skinwalker is also able to control the creatures of the night, such as wolves and owls, and make them do its bidding. Some are able to call up the spirits of the dead and reanimate the corpses to attack their enemies. Because of this, the Indians rarely ventured out alone. That's creepy. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like any part of this. Oof. It's all around just really creepy, creepy business. Creepy business. Skinwalkers and other witches have long been blamed for all manner of unexpected struggles and tragedies through the years, including sickness, drought, poor crops, and sudden deaths. Even smaller or individual problems such as windstorms during dances, alienation of affection by mates, the death of livestock, and reversal of fortune were often believed to be the work of a witch. This was most apparent with the Navajo Witch Purge of 1878, which initially evolved from a cultural response to so many people moving across and onto their lands. After a series of wars with the U.S. Army, the Navajo were expelled from their land and forced to march to the Bosque Rendondo, Fort Sumner, in, which is Fort Sumner in New Mexico, in what is known as the Long Walk of the Navajo in 1864 there there the people suffered from bad water failed crops illness and death reducing their numbers dramatically after 4 years the government finally admitted that they had made a mistake and that the navajo were allowed to return to their homeland in the four corners area of Arizona i believe right is what we're talking about
1: uh four corners is um it's where four states meet yeah so i think it yeah arizona, it's like arizona new mexico
0: yeah nevada Nevada. maybe i I need to think of what's over i need a map (laughs) i went to johnstown we didn't learn geography (laughs) (laughs) you say that all the time is that true it's true okay so during these years many of the tribe members were said to have turned to shape-shifting to escape the terrible conditions And in the meantime, the rest of the tribe were convinced that their gods had deserted them. So they really believe that, like, the U.S. government or the U.S. Army coming in, taking their land, making them go move elsewhere, which led to, like, all this other really bad things happening to them. They believe that's when the Skinwalkers started. Okay. And that they are to blame, I guess, for bad things that have happened to them since. Um, Because people said that they essentially this... I mean, I mean, think about it. You're kicked off your land, and all this bad shit starts happening. What else are you? What, I mean, some of them are probably thinking, "What else can we do?" But to turn to dark, the yeah. dark witchcraft. Um, so, anyway, once the people had returned to their homeland, their conditions improved, but the dreaded skinwalkers, for whom they blamed for their, for their years on the bleak reservation, were still among them. Accusations of witchcraft and the hunting of the of the skinwalkers began. When someone found a collection of witch artifacts wrapped in a copy of the Treaty of 1868, the tribal members unleashed deadly consequences. The Navajo Witch Purge occurred in 1878 in which 40 Navajo suspected witches were killed in order to restore harmony and balance for the tribe. Today, most of the tales of the sightings of these witches do not include death or injury, but rather are more trickster-like. Okay. Okay. Um, numerous people have told stories of swift animals running alongside their vehicles, matching their their vehicle's speed. After a short period, however, they run off into the wilderness. Along the way, these animals sometimes turn into a man who sometimes will bang on the hood of their car. Oh my god, that would be so fucking scary. Right? Another story tells of a man who was making repairs on an old ranch home when he began to hear loud laughter coming from the nearby sheep pens. No. Thinking he was alone, he went to investigate and found all of the sheep but one huddled in one corner of the pen— However, there was a lone ram separated from the group that was standing upright and laughing in a very human manner. Oh,
1: my God. Hell no.
0: <laughs> hell no. After the man locks eyes with the ram, he sees that his eyes are not that of an animal, but very much so like a human's eyes. The animal then casually walked away on all four legs.
1: I'm telling you right now, if any of our uh, animals, if I ever saw any animal.
0: Imagine like walking in and like like one of the cats standing on the hind legs it would be so just out. I would turn around and close the door and I would leave. Yeah. Hell fucking no. I would be right with you. Okay, so in the 1980s, one of the most notable events occurred when a family was driving through the Navajo Reservation. As they slowed to make a sharp curve, something jumped from the ditch. It was described as black, hairy, and wore a shirt and pants. A few days after this event, at their home in Flagstaff, Arizona, the family was awakened to the sounds of loud drumming and chanting. Outside their home were three dark forms of men outside their fence. However, these shadowy creatures were seemingly unable to climb the fence and soon left. These events have occurred in the four corners area. Oh my God. If I had only remembered my research and known that I was about to say what the four corners are. Oh, there you go. These events have occurred in the four corners area of Southwest Colorado, Southeast Utah, Northeast Arizona, and Northwest New Mexico. In the 1990s, And and, Okay, so I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a shift from Skinwalkers themselves to this place called Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. That not only is it known for Skinwalker activity, but also alien activity. So, in the 1990s, a ranch owned by the Sherman family in northeast Utah, far away from the Navajo Reservation, became the partial focus of the Skinwalkers. Called the Sherman Ranch, the Skinwalker Ranch, and the UFO Ranch... The most distressing encounter occurred one night, just 18 months after the Sherman family moved there. Terry Sherman, the father, was walking his dogs around the ranch late at night when he encountered a wolf. But this was no ordinary wolf. It was perhaps three times bigger than a normal one, had glowing red eyes, and stood unfazed by three close-range shots that Sherman blasted into its side so he shot it and it was like yeah oh no, god okay the sherman family weren't the only ones to be traumatized on the skinwalker ranch property after they moved out several new owners experienced eerily similar encounters with these creatures and today the ranch has become a hub of paranormal research aptly renamed the skinwalker ranch Skinwalkers are notoriously hard to kill and attempts are very unsuccessful, which is why when he shot it, nothing happened. Okay. Trying to kill one will often result in the witch seeking revenge. Successful killing generally requires the assistance of a powerful shaman. We know one. Who knows spells and rituals that can turn the skinwalkers evil back upon itself. So I'm sorry. I said that very weird. Can turn the skinwalkers evil evilness back onto itself. Okay. Another alternative is to shoot the creature with bullets that have been dipped into white ash. However, this shot must hit the witch in the neck or the head. Traditionally, the Navajo will not speak with outsiders about these creatures for fear of retribution by the skinwalkers. So they don't like to talk about them because they're afraid that that's going to piss them off. Well, yeah, I would be too. And send them, you know, send them on there. So it's kind of known as like a more taboo amongst the natives. They don't like to talk about it. Um, so anyway, going back to Skinwalker Ranch, in June of 1996, the Shermans uh, saw mysterious crop circles and UFOs, and the systematic and repeated mutilation of their cattle, in an oddly surgical and bloodless manner was how this these cattle were killed. Okay. Within three months of these stories being publicized, Las Vegas real estate agent and UFO enthusiast Robert Bigelow bought the property for $200,000 under the name of the national institute institute for discovery science bigelow set up round the clock surveillance of the ranch hoping to get to the bottom of some of these uh paranormal claims but while that surveillance yielded a book hunt for the skinwalker science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in utah in which several of the researchers claimed to have seen paranormal activities they were unable to capture any of it on um, camera or anything like that okay so there's this book talking about what they experienced, but there's no actual proof video proof. Video. Or, yeah. Just what they've said that they've encountered. Um, there have been s- films made about both skinwalkers and skinwalker ranch and ghost adventures. Like I said before, also did an episode called, um, skinwalker Canyon, um, which is an area within the, the Navajo nation. They got special, uh, permission to go and yeah. investigate there. Um, but most of the residents of the Navajo nation refused to enter this area because they're afraid they're going to encounter a skinwalker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. Creepy. It's like out of a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're very creepy. And, um, you know, they're not really, I I just feel like they're afraid of them. So they don't really talk about them that Mm -hmm. much because they're afraid that that's going to like piss them off and send them. I would be too though. Um, but yeah, I mean that Ghost Adventures episode. I believe I read aired in like 2017 or 2018. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very long ago, um, and it's a it's a pretty good episode. It is, yeah. And it it go it'll go into a little more detail, and actually we'll have some, um, you know, from the Navajo themselves. They tell a little bit mm-hmm. better about um, Skinwalkers, but that's all I got. Well, good job. Very creepy shit. Very creepy. Very, very creepy shit. And Skinwalker Ranch, also, I would love to add to our spooky travels list. And I just, I read last night in my research that I was doing that Post Malone just recently went there. Oh, yeah. You did tell me that. Yeah. Which, for those who don't know Post Malone, also known as Ghost Malone, he was really into, like, paranormal stuff. He is.
1: He was on an episode of Ghost Adventures. He
0: was. Yeah. And he's very, um, he's very much so into this type of same kind of stuff that we all are, um the unknown, if you will. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's Skinwalkers. Well, good job. Very very creepy. I've not seen besides Ghost Adventures. I've not seen any of the Skinwalker movies. No, or I haven't either. Anything like that. So I I wouldn't be able to tell you guys if it's worth watch. But, um, yeah.
1: Do you want to pick a new stick, or do you want to do what we
0: talked about last night? No, we're gonna do what we talked about last night. I'll let you go ahead and tell everybody. Because it was was basically your idea.
1: Okay, so we have decided that for just one episode, we're going to get back on the murder train and we're going to do old lady
0: killers. Yeah. Old people that kill.
1: Old people that kill. Which
0: I don't think you guys know this. I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast, but old people freak me the fuck out.
1: I think they scare a lot of people. Old
0: people freak me out. Why? I don't know. They scare a lot of people. I don't understand. There's something Is it because they're fragile? I don't know, but there's something very sinister about an old woman to me. I'm like An terrified. old woman
1: killer? That's horrifying. Yeah. An old
0: lady like just wandering down the road eh. Because who can you trust? Who are you supposed to trust more than somebody that looks like your grandma? And then they kill you.
1: Well that's That's true. scary as hell. But what are the odds that an old person you run into is gonna be a
0: murderer? You don't know, Jules. Okay. You, you don't want to. You don't want to know those odds. Yeah, you're right. I probably really know. know. Um, so yeah, next week, old old women that kill. We chose to do specifically old women because they're creepier, and also I feel like a lot of the murders we've done have been male. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take a little bit of a um a turn. Um, and we I already have my person picked out. And I can't wait for you guys to hear about her because she's fucking terrifying. I'm so excited. Um, it's really good. So that is all for our folklore episode. Again, like we always say, if we messed up any of this research or, you know, and, and that was not our intention to mispronounce or like these cultures, we respect them. And yes, we don't, I it wasn't our intention to like maybe represent disrespect. something in a wrong way or disrespect it. So, um, but if we did mess something up, feel free to correct us mm-hmm. as always, or if we left out some cool facts also feel free to fill us in and we'll mention it in the next episode. And as always, thank you for listening. Yes. Follow us on social media at Unknown podcast on Twitter podcast from the unknown on Instagram, like rate review, subscribe, download the episodes on Apple podcast app and on Spotify. All of it helps us. And gets us seen by, um, you know, more people. And, um, yeah, all of it helps. And, yeah. counts, and we really appreciate you guys.
1: If you uh, share us on your stories, make sure you tag us so we can repost it
0: also. Yeah, like we'll repost and um, uh, we like to hear your guys' stories too. So if you've got mm-hmm. some really cool, like, you know, ghostly experiences or just unexplainable experiences, just tell us and we'll, we will read it yes on the episode yes so feel free to like start sending us those we probably won't read them until we get quite a few of them built up maybe yeah and then we can do maybe do a whole episode on it um like a little baby episode Mm -hmm. so thank you guys thank you uh till next time Bye. bye